start with the scripture reading for today. This morning's scripture reading comes from Psalm chapter 91, verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Secret place. You could see by the the song that we heard and by the scripture reading for today that where we're heading with today's message. And um, first of all, we must know and believe that God really, really loves us. We don't have to struggle with the things in this life because he loves us and he can indeed wrap us in his arms as we heard in the song that we listened to. He that by faith chooses God as his protector shall find all in him that he needs or desires. If we realize that God is our protector and that we know that we can go to him, then God provides all that we we need and all that we have. Our spiritual life is protected by God through his divine grace. So we have to learn how it is that we can acquire, uh, how we can uh, acquire from God the things that we need, the things that we're hoping for. Um, One of the most critical things that I see in Christians' lives and the reason why so many of us uh, want for so much and things are going wrong in lives and, and, and needs are not being met is because we don't know how to meet God in that secret place. Many times we take going to church, we take worshiping God as simply that, going to church, as reading the Bible. But our relationship with God is not the same as your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your neighbor, or your, your relationship with, with a family member or someone else, another human being. We're talking about a supernatural relationship that really exists between you and God. And you have to recognize that, and you have to meet God in that supernatural level. It starts with you deep within your spirit in that what is it that you really want from God, you know? Do you go to church simply because it's the right thing to do, quote-unquote, or because for seven generations your family always went to church and on Sunday you meet up and then you go to church and then you have family dinner, you know? Or, or, or are you going to church because you genuinely want to know about God and you really want to reach Him and touch Him? The interesting thing is that when you, deep in your spirit, get to the point where you want your relationship with God to be more than just a surface relationship, just an an intellectual relationship that you really want to get into the mind and the heart of God, this is when God opens himself to you and starts taking you to levels that you haven't experienced before. This is where you start reading the Bible, and the Bible starts meaning things to you that it didn't mean to you before. This is where you start having insights about people, about situations that happen in your life that you never experienced before, because you're desiring to get to a, to a, to a, a different level. It starts with you being able to meet God in that secret place. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. You know, Where is that secret place? How do I meet God in that secret place? We heard the singer talking about wrapping me in your arms, God. And scripture speaks about that. And you know, I can't go through anything in these sermons unless it's related to the word of God. You know, God forbid I get up here to tell you my opinion of something because that (laughs) is not going to help us. Amen. But based on the word of God. And I'm telling you, based on the word of God and from my life's own experience, um, you know, I, I wasn't always where I am now in the Lord. 
there came a time in my life when I, I realized the light bulb finally went off in my head that I need to reach out to God and touch him in a different space that I had normally tried to touch him. Trying to figure him out through, through the intellect, through the sciences. You all know my story. I love astronomy and things of science and whatnot. And finding God on that level. God is science, but, but, but I had to realize that there was something else that was missing. It wasn't until I really, really wanted to know and was saying to God, God, I want to know you. I want to meet you at your place is when, is when revelations and changes, changes in my life started happening. And so that's what I want to share with you today. Everyone sitting in the sanctuary, you know where you stand relative to God. And I'm not going to, to guess at that. You know where you stand and you know where you want to be with God. You've seen through things happening in your lives, the many blessings that have happened in your lives. You see what God can do. Well, there's still a whole lot more. But a lot of that comes with meeting God in that secret place. Amen? So we're going to talk about how do you get to that secret place? What is that secret place? And how do I, how do I experience it? So let's go to Psalm 91. Starting in Psalm 91. Okay, Psalm 91. You know, and, 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 and so much of this, um, you have to get to the point that you are surrendering. Okay, uh, you can determine that you want to meet God in the secret place. But if you have not gotten to the point where you are really surrendering to God, then it's kind of futile, it's kind of pointless for you to meet God in that secret place. Because what God may reveal to you or say to you in that secret place, you're simply not going to do because you haven't surrendered to him. So in the first place, you've got to, in your heart, really, really say, Lord, I surrender to you. you know? And this is one reason, this is the reason why we do praise and worship. You know, I could start the Sunday service by just getting into a sermon, but there's a structure. You know, we give it to Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that everything in a, ser- in a service is, is, is struck down. We don't have bells ringing at 9.30 you do this, at 11 o'clock you do this. You give it to Holy Spirit. But there's a structure. You enter in by worshiping God, all right? And during that worship time is where you are surrendering to God. And you should be surrendering to God each day of your life, each morning, and saying, Lord, this is your day. I surrender to you. I will do what you tell me to do, you know? This is one of the reasons why we, and you'll see this in some, more, some churches more than others, but this is why we, why we raise hands to God during the, during the worship services, because that's you surrendering to God. You're just saying, Lord, I surrender. I can't do this without you. Just, and, and this is not just something that man has dreamed up. The Bible, the Old and New Testament, the Bible is filled with um, um, the raising of hands to God when they were worshiping, because it's a sign, of, a symbol of surrendering. If you can surrender to God, you will find it a lot easier for God to talk to you, and more importantly, for you to hear and obey. Amen? So just starting with Psalm 91, we're talking about, you know, I, I, keep, I keep saying we're going to go to the Scripture, but then I keep being, you, you have to understand that we're talking about worshiping God, and if you really want to see God moving in your life, you've got to get on a real personal, spiritual relation to Him, relationship with Him, and move beyond the, the conventional thinking of simply reading the Bible. Amen? Amen? Okay, Psalm 91, verse number 1. He who dwells in the secret place, there it is, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay? And the Almighty there is El Shaddai. Now, 
Dwelling in the secret place means that you're living in the secret place. Dwelling means this is the place that you live. No one can say, you know, um, um, I don't dwell at my mother-in-law's house. If I go and visit my mother-in-law, I'm visiting my mother-in-law. If I go there with my suitcase and pajamas and all of my shoes and toothbrush and whatnot, my mother-in-law would probably say, oh, it looks like he's moving in. Amen. So, so living there, what this is saying is that your dwelling place, the place that you, you live, has got to be um, in the secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. If you don't already have a bracket around that, please put a bracket around it, because what that is saying there, you need to get to the point that you're saying that God is your place of safety. A refuge is a place of safety. He's your fortress. What is a fortress? A fortress is a place that protects you from someone attacking you. A fortress is a place to where, where you can go when you're being attacked. Now, who would out there being attacking us on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute minute basis, would be the devil himself and every single one of his minions that would be trying to enter into your life to, to just destroy your life or to take away the promises of God or divert the promises of God, which can't be done, um, but would, would, would make you um, really be wanting when you shouldn't be wanting. God is my fortress, and in him will I trust. So, first of all, you've got to ask yourself, do you really, really, really trust God? Do you really, really trust God? All right? And don't think about going into a secret place or getting into the secret place with God if you're not trusting Him. So you've got to ask yourself that. Do you really trust Him? Surely He shall deliver me, deliver thee, from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Underline snare of the fowler. Now we know what a snare is. A snare is a trap. Amen? A snare is a trap. So if it's saying that surely he will deliver thee from the traps of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Well, 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 fowler, pastor, we don't have any fowlers out there. No one's out there trying to snare us or to trap you. Oh, no, you don't think so? Every single time you go out there and you open the door or you play into something that the devil would, would be pulling you into, you know, anytime someone or something comes into your life that is negating the word of God or is trying to water down your thinking or water down your, um, your defenses to make you think that it's okay to do something when it's not according to the word of God, that's a trap. That's a trap that's being, being woven for you. Amen? Amen? And the devil himself loves to put these traps in our lives to see where he can snare us, you see? But if we're residing and dwelling in that secret place under the shadow of, your, of the Almighty and God is your fortress, it says that God will deliver you from those traps that the devil would try to lay out before for you, and from the noise and pestilence, you know, pestilence, when I see that word, I think of bugs, you know, I, I think of disease, you know, and every time you turn around today, you know, there are more diseases and more things that are popping up where there's a commercial on TV claiming there's some zepidim or some old crazy name, every, all of those medicines always start with X and Z, I notice, which is weird, you know, got these, but then if you listen to the small print, you know, what they do is, you know, maybe they'll... They'll heal your hangnail, but the side effects are heart attack, brain damage, uh, you know, everything else. So why would you want to take this stuff in the first place, you know? But we've got all these, all these bugs and germs and things are out there. You've, I'm sure you've seen on the news there where they say certain strains of some of these diseases, the, the bug has become immune to it over the years. And they say that these, in, that these insects and germs are evolving and so forth. Well, there, 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 there are pestilences, there are diseases out there. We, as children of God, shouldn't fear those things and we shouldn't worry about 
about them because if we're, we're dwelling in God's secret place and God is indeed our spiritual fortress and then he's going to protect us from that, you see? So getting into that secret place and dwelling in that secret place, making God your fortress and your, your refuge is so important, you see? But we forget about it. We forget about that because we think that by coming in and sitting for two hours in the sanctuary someplace and listening to a sermon that that's all we need to do. And as soon as we leave the sanctuary and churches over on Sunday, we go about business as usual, and we go back in many cases falling right into some of those snares that the devil is, is weaving for us right on Sunday afternoon. So we don't have to wait until Monday. You know, right after church, you know, you run into some other associate, you know, a family member, a friend, or someone that's not a friend, or whatever, but you get sucked into what they're doing, and you just got through hearing a sermon on the very same thing, you see, and, and you say, oh, well, Pastor, that doesn't happen. You'd be surprised, the things that I hear, the things, that, the lives that I, I'm, that I get involved with. And I see that the very things that the person is suffering with, the message on Sunday was exactly that. You see, so why is it that we'll hear the word of God, but yet still is not living with us through the rest of the week? You see, because we're thinking that going to church is simply hearing a message for an hour and a half or whatever it might be, or being in church for an hour and a half, two hours, and then the rest of the day doesn't matter. You see, so the fowler, the devil, is out there laying snares for you. So we have to make sure that we're living in that secret place and that God is always our refuge. You see, and that does not mean that, that, that you... Um, you have to run into a closet or grab your Bible every single minute of the way while you're driving. and something comes up, you pull over and pull out your Bible and you've got to start reading it. You have to learn what it's, what it's all about to have your spirit residing in God 24-7. All right? And hopefully by the time this message is over, you'll understand that. You see, because it starts with your heart. It starts with your heart. God knows you even better than you do. All right? And while we, we may all profess to want to know God, we may all profess that we are Christians and will confess that we are Christians when we're talking to people and so on. But deep in your heart, how much real quality time are you spending with God? All right? How much quality time are you really listening to his voice? You see? And I know for a fact every single person here, including myself, Holy Spirit will talk to you. Holy Spirit will tell you yay or nay. Yes, do this. No, don't do this. But how many times do we all obey? How many times living in that secret place, something as what you may view as being silly or, 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 or a habit or something like that, but I will start to drive into a parking space in a, in a parking lot, in a mall, in the mall or whatever, and I will hear that little voice, don't park in that space, All right? and I just won't park there. I won't sit and try and figure out why, look at the other cars or whatever. I simply will not do that because I know Holy Spirit's voice, you see. And because of the fact God knows that that's what I do, that at the times when it's really, really critical, God can trust that when he tells me don't do something or to do something, I don't question the why. I don't question the why, right? I was told many, many years ago on a prayer line for someone sick to simply walk around the person three times. To walk around the person. I didn't stop and, and figure out why and ask why and try and reason why that would, would, would uh, be important. But the third time around, the person was slain in the spirit, just went out, wasn't injured or whatever. And later on, I found out the person was healed. You see, it's simply just simply doing what Holy Spirit tells you to do. You see, but if you're not living in that secret place with God where you know his voice, 
and God knows that he can trust you and that you're going to hear and respond to his voice, then it's hard for you to get to the next level. You see? So it starts with your desire in here. It starts within your heart. Do you really, really want to know more about God? Okay? I've even seen some cases where people deep in within their spirits, for some reason, they are afraid to get to know God. They are afraid to really commit to God. They're afraid to get into that deeper relationship because they think it's going to be some Twilight Zone experience or something weird. You know, you know. They're afraid in some cases that God may reveal to me some things that I shouldn't be doing that I really deep down inside want to do. You see? And so there's that resistance. You can't live in God's secret place if you're not going to be totally committed to him. Amen. And willing to do what it is that he's wanting you to do. All right. So to stand fire. Then it says in verse number four, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Remember, we heard the singer saying, wrap me in your arms. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You ever see a mother hen, the way she protects her chicks, right? Her brood. Ducks, all right, the, the, the mother gathers them under her wings to protect them. She'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. A shield, obviously you know what a shield is. A buckler was in Roman times, that was that large leather thing that they wore to protect their loins from being attacked by swords and things like that. So it was protection for them. So what is God saying here? It says that truth shall be your shield and buckler. So how does that play into your everyday life? Well, what is truth? What is truth? Truth is the word of God. Amen? So that means God's truth. It doesn't mean a truth that someone else is telling you. It doesn't mean someone else that says, well, I've been a student of the Bible all of my life, and what this scripture means is so-and-so, so-and-so. If it's not God's truth, then it's not truth. You see? So knowing the truth of the word of God and knowing that God is indeed truth, truth, then that alone is is going to be your shield, a, a, a place of protection. Verse number five, thou shalt not be afraid. For the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by the day. So not be afraid for the terror by night. How many people are afraid to sleep at night? How many people are afraid of the dark? How many people are just have this fear? You know, you should not be afraid to lay your head down at night and go to sleep. If you're dwelling in God's secret place, you see. Now, this is where it gets to your spiritual relationship with God and understanding that our relationship with God is more than what we see on the physical realm. So while I may lie down on this floor, if I was in this building by myself, I may lie physically down on this floor. Spiritually, I'm in God's secret place. So that means that I'm under protection, okay? And knowing that I can trust God beyond and above all things, then it means though my physical body may be here, that I am spiritually in God's secret place, which means then, then that, that God has encamped his angels round about me to keep me safe from harm seen and unseen, that God has me under the shadow of his wings, He's wrapped me in his arms. So while I may physically be laying in this building by myself, I am spiritually under God's protection, which means that if I am spiritually under God's protection, my physical body will be under God's protection. You follow where I'm going here? You see, this relationship with God transcends the physical things and the stuff that we think of so much with our minds. It's, it's you wanting to get into God's realm, which is a spiritual realm. Amen? So you shall not be, be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. So that means 
means whatever attacks that comes at you during the day. You know, many people are afraid at night because they're afraid of what tomorrow's going to bring. Oh, come Monday morning, I got to go see the boss. Come Monday morning, I got to go to court. Come Monday morning, I got to do this. I go to do that. And you're afraid at what is going to be thrown at you. I've got an interview coming up. I'm worried about that. So God will indeed protect you. You know, you have no reason to fear for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence. There it is again. For the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Please don't mind that. Shall not come near thee. All right. In other words, there could be some outbreak of something. There could be some outbreak. The people on your left, the people on your right may be hit by it, but it will not attack you. It will not come to you. All right? I mean, I know people firsthand that have lived through tornadoes. I know people firsthand who lived by tornadoes and sent me photographs. The houses around them were totally destroyed. The house right in the center was not touched. See, but these are strong children of God. These are children of God who just don't say, I'm a Christian, when it's appropriate, quote-unquote, to say, I'm a Christian. These are people who, who, who practice dwelling in God's secret place. These are people who, who have surrendered to God, and they've made a personal commitment and, and have been touched by God. They know that God is real, you see. So we've got to get God from, from, from residing in our minds. And when people say, do you believe in God? Say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. Well, yeah, surely you may believe that God. God exists. But do you believe that God is a personal part of your life and that you can walk in such a way where God will be with you every single second of your life, okay, to protect every single part of your being? Amen? Shall not be Okay, uh, verse, number, uh, verse number eight. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. Again, a habitation is a place that you live. There shall no evil before thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. So don't worry about it if there's a uh, epidemic or something like that going on. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, you continue to seek the face of God. Plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and your family and over your home. You know, meet with God in that secret place. You see, you get into the habit of meeting with God in that secret place then you wind up getting instruction from God. Amen. The secret place is that that place, and you've heard me talk about, you know, my, my prayer closet. A secret place does not have to be always the place that you're accustomed to going to God. I encourage all believers to have somewhere in their house that they can go to be alone with God. All right? Now, if you're married and you're married to a Christian, amen, the person should understand the concept of you needing to have some alone quality time with God. It would not object to you saying, okay, can you, can you watch the baby? Uh, or, or while I cook dinner, watch the pots or something, you know. But I need to go and spend some time with God in my secret place. That means try to set aside a room in your house, you know. Many times I use, I use my bathroom. You've heard me say, say many, many times because there's no echoing and it's really, really quiet. And even though I have an office in my house, many times I will go into the bathroom when I really want to be just isolated with just me and God. Set aside a room and a time for you to just take your Bible and say, I'm going to be with God. All right. Surrender to God. Get into the habit of really totally surrendering to God and say, God, I just want to know you. One of the easiest, simplest ways to do that is to start that personal secret place relationship is simply to say, God, I just want to know you. 
I want to know you more deeply. God, I know that there's more to you than what I'm just reading. I want you to be the master of my life. I want you to guide me. And you go into that secret place and, and, and you pray. Read scripture as Holy Spirit is guiding you. If there's something in the scripture that you're reading that you're not quite getting, just ask God, God, what does this mean? What does this mean? God will guide you to someplace else. Those of you who really want to get deep into the Word, I encourage you to not only have the Bible that you normally read, but get a study Bible. Schofield is good. There are other Bibles that you can do cross-referencing. But the thing is, is that you want to make some time here with God where you're serious. You know, where it's going more, it's going beyond your intellectual understanding of God. All right. And you make that secret place with God. There will come the time where you'll be praying there. You know, now I dare say some who, 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 some who hear this on the Internet and, and hopefully you're growing in spiritual things and whatnot and you'll understand where I'm coming from. But do not be surprised when you feel or hear the presence of angels around you. Don't be, don't be surprised at that, you know. Some folks say, oh gosh, that sounds scary. Well, if you start thinking like that, then you're just going to push yourself further away from God because there is no fear. God just got through telling you that there is no fear in you. So if you've gone into your secret place to, to be with God, why would you be afraid? You know, it's kind of it's, it's, it's contradictory there, you see. So, so set time aside for yourself to set aside a room that's in your house or a place that's in your house where you can get into that secret place, okay? Now, what if I'm traveling, Pastor? What if I'm traveling and I don't have my bathroom or my office to get into my secret place? Your secret place is simply you blocking out everything that's around you and saying, Lord, I need to talk to you. Lord, I need to talk to you. You may recall some, a few years back I did a, uh, a sermon on, our, um, on the prayer shawl. And, and in scripture where it talks about going into the secret place, into your prayer closet, in the translation, what it is talking about is that shawl that the uh, uh, Hebrew, that the Jewish people wear. And it's got the tassels. And I won't get into this a whole sermon in itself. It's got the tassels around the corners that mean certain things. But if you look at the pictures of the, the, the Orthodox, you see the Jewish people with that shawl. Um, it's folded always around their shoulders. But when they pray. And Jesus, when he prayed, he put the shawl, because Jesus was Jewish, he put the shawl over his head, and it came down like this, and closed off the outside world. So it was creating a tabernacle, it was creating a tent. This was the secret place. This was the secret place, because it was blocking out all things that were around them to see. So in essence, they carried their... In essence, they carried their church or their synagogue with them because wherever they were, they could take this, court, this shawl and pull it over their heads and enter into that secret place. Okay? So what does that tell us then? That tells us then that the secret place does not have to be a church building, does not have to be your office, does not have to be your, your bathroom. It can be whatever that place is where you have learned to spiritually shut off all that is around you and simply connect with God. All right? And I submit to you today, the way things are going, the way there's being such an attack on Christianity today, and it's, steeping, it's, it's, it's stepping up more and more, that who knows how long it'll be. I pray that in this country that us Christians get strong enough to stand up in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit fire, anoint all of us to, to bind together and pray and overcome this evil that is out there to shut down the Christian voice. But the time could come where you may have to pray like that in your secret place. So we need to learn how to develop this time to isolate ourselves from the world and to make some quality time with God and really, really, really commune with Him. Okay? And it starts by saying, in your heart, 
God, I just want to know you. God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. Okay? Without reservation. It doesn't mean that I'll do A, B, C, D, E, F. But God, if you tell me L, well, I've got to think about that. Or if you tell me Z, well, I've got to think about that. It's you making a commitment in your spirit that whatever God tells you to do, that you're going to do it. Okay? And, and it may not be something that you want to hear. It may not be something that you think is in line with your career or in line with where you want to go. All right? Many, many times, you know, I have seen in my personal life where God will say things that I think is not in line with where I want to go. And then when I say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And when I step out to do it, then all of a sudden then God says, okay, I want you to go over here. You know? And I came to learn later on that God was looking to see if I was going to be obedient to him. Then the minute that I showed that I was obedient, even though it was something that I didn't think was good for me, then God said, now I know I can trust him. Now I know that he will do whatever it is that I tell him to do. So then he put me onto the other path. You see, this is where you need to get with God. Case in point with that, Holy Spirit just reminded me to say to you, look at Abraham and his son Isaac. God told him to take his only son out there to sacrifice him. All right? And what did Abraham do? Without question, obeyed him. What did the son do? Isaac. Abraham said, go gather up some wood. He went and gathered up the wood. Abraham started binding Isaac's hands. I'm sure Isaac started, as he did, say, Father, where's the sacrifice? Um, you know, what's going on here? But both of them were obedient to God. As soon as Abraham, as long as Abraham went along, and he was about to plunge the dagger, what happened? The angel interrupted him and said, Put, do no harm to your son. And it says, look, in the bush, there was a ram in the bush. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We just got through singing the song. So God provided for his needs, you see. So the minute that you say, after being and desiring to be in the secret place, that I will do whatever it is that you want me to do, and you get led to do something, even though you think this may not be what you think is the best bet, but you go on and you step to do it. God will sometimes intervene and say, now, this is where I really want you to go or start providing, you see. But it's a matter of your heart because God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Do you think God is going to entrust you? Do you think God is going to bring you into the secret place and wrap his arms around you and sit with you and tell you and unveil to you the secrets of the universe or some of the very secret things that you need to know about God, about prayer and the deeper, I shouldn't say secret, the deeper things of God? Do you think God is going to entrust you with those deeper, deeper things if he doesn't know that you will do whatever you, he tells you to do? No, he won't. You know, he won't. How far do you think God will take you with a spirit of discernment? You know, in showing you things about people, places, and things. If God does not think that he can trust you with the information that he may reveal to you. Okay? God will not tell you something about another person or a situation if he thinks you're going to go off and blab it. You know, you know you've got to learn how to keep certain things to yourself. You know, as Holy Spirit may show you. God may reveal to you in this time that you're meeting with him in secret place, in secret place, something about a relative, a family member, a friend, or some other situation. It doesn't mean that as soon as you leave that secret place with God that you go skipping down. Like, Guess what I know? Guess what I know? Ha, 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 ha. You know, and start talking. You see? You see? So, so there's, there's a maturity. There's a maturity that we have to develop in God. You see? And many, many times, and all of us here, you stop and you think about it, where you went off and did something, Holy Spirit was checking you. I don't think you should do that, or don't do that. But what did we do? We went ahead and we did it anyway. You see? 
See, and that's when we get into trouble, you see. But if you get into this secret place and you're learning how to make that time and that connection with God, and you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll start hearing things and you'll start knowing things, you see. But then it's how you deal with that new knowledge and the things that you're hearing. God will lead you to passages in Scripture that will confirm what it is that you heard him say to you in that secret place, you see. But we've got to learn to develop that more and more because I think we're living in some very, very challenging times. And I believe times are going to get even more challenged as Jesus uh, continues to tarry to return. Amen. So he says, no evil shall to plague, to plague thee. In verse number 11, he says, for, let me start with 10 and read it through because they're connected. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, please don't lie that, he shall give... His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all these way, in all thy ways, because the last part of that scripture is to keep thee in all thy ways. This is where, you know, I, I, I talked to you about. We talk about snares and traps and being in, in the secret place so that you know God and you know His word and everything, and also reading His word. But Satan knows scripture too. You see, and that part of verse number eleven that says to keep thee in all thy in all thy ways, Satan omitted that part when he was talking to Jesus. Remember the temptation when Jesus was in the desert, and Satan said to Jesus, "Throw yourself off this cliff, because surely God shall bear you up." And he misquoted the scripture. Amen. And Jesus came back and countered it. Well, that was the scripture that Satan was referring to, but he he was misquoting it. You see, so Satan knows scripture. But he will indeed misquote it. So if you don't know the word of God yourself, if you don't know the word of God through, through your being with Holy Spirit and reading the word of God, how are you going to know when someone misquotes scripture to you? Or when the devil himself tells you, it's okay for you to do so-and-so, because even the word of God says you can do so-and-so, and it's not what the word of God says at all. Amen? Amen? So, so for he shall give you his angels charge of thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Verse number 12, they shall bear thee up in their hands, unless thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent, shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Okay, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Please in the line, I will be with him in trouble. And then uh, double in the line, I will deliver him and honor him. Okay? I will be with him in trouble, and he will deliver. You see? So, in other words, when you've gotten into the habit of dwelling with God in that secret place, and there's an issue that's going on in your life, when dwelling with him and hearing to him and talking to him, you've got to know, you've got to know that God's going to deliver you and get you out of whatever that mess may be in. Be before you. Whatever that thing that you're worried about, whatever that thing that is coming down the pike, whatever is in, is in the future, you've got to believe that God is going to deliver you from it because he will set you on high because you have known his name. Now, if you're dwelling in that secret place and God is your fortress, okay, now, you know, and, and picture this, you know, because when I first started reading this, the same thing that I started thinking about years ago as a baby Christian was, you know, an old medieval fortress, you know, all of the stone and the, the round thing with me being in this fortress with the little windows that you put your, your gun through and shot at me. I was in this fortress that no one could attack me, all right? So if you think of that, I mean, literally think that you, your spirit is in this fortress and God is around you, then who can do you any harm? All right? 
the situation that may be out there or someone that's plotting against you or whatever that thing is that has you so fearful, well, they can't touch you. In the first place, the devil can't find you because it says that I will hide you in my secret place. God is my refuge. So if God is your refuge and he's your strength and he's protecting you, then you have to know that he's going to deliver you. God can't not deliver you and at the same time be protect you. That's an oxymoron. I mean, it just just can't be. God can't deliver you from, cannot not deliver you or let harm come to you and at the same time be protecting you. So I'd much rather believe that if God is protecting me, then ergo, then God will deliver me. Amen? 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 So it says that, that because God has set his love upon you, first of all, understand that, that he will deliver you and I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. You hear that? He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Says it again. So, so all you have to do is, is to call on God. But how many of us really, 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 really call on God? You know? Do we just call out of God because it's kind of like a habit? Again, like kind of going to church. Oh, you know, today's Sunday, whatever the date is, and well, let me start getting dressed. I got to be to church by such and such a time, and you go, and it's kind of a ritual, you know. And then you sit there in, in church, you know, you know, and and the praise and the worship starts up, you know. Now, now you know, all of the the churches that I've ever been, at least, I hate to say the good churches, that kind of implies they're bad churches. Um, I I'll just say that churches that are really the spirit-filled churches, as they say. You know, evangelical, charismatic, if you will, okay? Where you see real deep worship, you know, where you see people raising hands and praying in tongues and the whole thing like that. Um, when that thing is really going on, and I was an usher, a young usher, for many, many years, and sometimes I had the assignment of being in the back. When the congregation was praising and singing and praying like that, if anyone came in late, the door was closed. Alrighty, and we simply just opened the door and very quietly whispered, let them come in the back, there was usually a vestibule, let them come in the back, back vestibule, but they had to stay there until the praise and worship service was over. Alright, okay, many Christians that know that if they arrive at a church late and they hear the singing and they hear praise and worship going on, they will come into the building if there's a vestibule, but they will stop in the vestibule and will not try to enter the sanctuary when there's praise and worship going on. Because the praise and worship time of the service is very, very important. Many people think it's just the time to get there to sing songs and to feel all goosebumpy and to jump around and clap and all that sort of thing. That's the time of entering into the presence of God. This is where the congregation, being led by the pastor, who is the, the, the spiritually the shepherd, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, is ushering the congregation before God. And this is where every single individual in that sanctuary is making a personal connection with God. And there's nothing more beautiful than to hear a congregation of people singing and praising in tongues. It sounds so harmonious. It sounds like a bunch of angels almost singing. And these are people that are so connected with God that... You, you, you just can't shake them, you know. And, and movement, movement, movement is minimized. I mean, obviously, if you've got to go to the restroom, I mean, you go to the restroom. But there's not a whole lot of shuffling around. You don't see people moving about. It's kept to be a very, very spiritual and sacred time. That's what the opening praise and worship service is often about, okay? 
But many times there are people that come into the praise and worship. First of all, people get there, they're late and they miss the praise and worship. And so they jump right into the sermon. So then what happens is that many times spiritually they haven't been prepared to hear even the message. So there's a reason why we do praise and worship. It's not just for the sake of singing music. This is where we raise hands to God. There's the surrendering. There's the Lord. My son is giving me, driving me nuts. Lord, I've got this test coming up tomorrow. This is where during that time of praise and worship, you don't hear these things being voiced. But this is the time where there's a spiritual connection between each individual in that sanctuary with God, you see. And the movement is minimized. I mean, you don't see people coming and going. You don't see the whole shuffling around because this is where Holy Spirit is moving. Now, the other thing there in terms of secret places and connecting with God during that time is where you see the most miraculous things in the service start happening a lot of times. This is where you'll have the tongues and interpretations. This is where, where the pastor may call a healing line. This is where pastor is given directions and instructions to do whatever may need to be done during that service. Okay? But this is the spiritual part that we as Christians really need to connect ourselves with to move ourselves from the everyday quote-unquote going to church. If you really, really desire to know God, when you're doing that praise and worship here, really make a spiritual connection. Start that secret place connection while you're right here in church. Like I said, you don't need to be locked into a closet. You know, you can just do this between me and God. Many times you've heard me say, forget about who's next to you, behind you, or in front of you. Just focus on you and God, you know, one-on-one. You see, God knows your heart, right? And God can multitask well enough to be able to minister to each and several one of us individually while we are all standing here. But you've got to, in your heart, want to desire to make that connection. Amen? So that's the start of the dwelling place. But then it doesn't just end here with church. You know, as it says in Psalm 91 there, you know, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God. Now, this doesn't mean that you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God so much that, that you're driving and you run, run through red lights. You know, I mean, God is not going to have you get out there and do something, do, do something dangerous. But it is you wanting to know God to the point that whenever you have the chance, this is me and you, Lord. Okay, already, I will pray and sing in tongues when I'm in the shower. You know, I will pray and sing in tongues when I'm doing some cleaning. You know, I will pray and sing in tongues when I'm in the room by myself or whatever comes across my mind. You've got to get into the habit where things and, and a thought comes into your mind and, and you just automatically you start praying in tongues. You know, praying in tongues is not just for me up here when we're doing praise and worship. You know, every single believer, according to Scripture, not my words, every, according to Scripture, every single believer has the ability to pray in tongues. They just simply have to ask, Holy Spirit, ask God for it and the anointing of Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And, and there, you know, there are tongues between you and God. There are tongues in terms of prophetic utterance, which is when someone in the congregation, the pastor, whomever, brings forth a prophetic utterance in tongues, which is something that is edifying the body of Christ. And then you'll hear someone come along and interpret what is being said in tongues. But tongues and praying during the worship service, every single believer should be doing that. You know, and you can do that. It's simply a matter of you asking God, God, I wish to be able to pray in that, in that heavenly language. I wish to be able to pray in tongues. You see, because then according to the word of God, that, that goes past, it bypasses your intellect. You know, you've heard me say a million times, you know, when you pray in English, you've got to sit down and say, I got a prayer. List. Oh, let me see. I prayed for Aunt Tilly. Now let me do Uncle Joe. And let me pray for this. Let me pray. And you go through the steps. When you're praying in tongues, according to the word of God, this is the Holy Spirit praying in you. 
Holy Spirit is God, so God knows what it is that you need to pray for, pray for to pray for. So you're not you're not you're not you're not um, relying on your intellect to remember how to pray. You see, and that's a whole separate sermon. But I'm saying all of this to you about the secret place to get you to the point of really understanding and believing that this thing that we call Christianity and this thing that we call being Christians and worshippers of God transcends and goes beyond us simply being in church for a couple of hours and hearing a sermon. That, that, that if you really, 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 and this is all entirely up to you, it depends on where you want to go with God, how deeply you want to be involved with God, how, how much you want to go to the next level in understanding the things of God. It all depends on you. You see, and then once you get to that and you develop that secret place relationship with God, you'll be surprised the things um, that you'll know, the things that you'll learn, and how you will live a far, a far, a far less stressful life because you won't be carrying stress along. You see, when that stressful thing comes into your life, instead of trying to figure out who can I call to help me with this problem, what letters can I write, you know, or what action should I take? Should I do this or should I do that? You'll go into your prayer cloud. You'll go into your secret place and you'll talk to God about it. Amen? To the point in time where you're so used to doing that, that when you are not even thinking about it and you're about to to say or do something stupid, (laughs) Holy Spirit will intervene and tell you, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say that. Or, Or to say that. Okay? But then in your heart, you've got to... To, to, to reconcile to yourself that if that happens, then I'm going to listen to what Holy Spirit is telling me not to do, you know, or to do, you see. And if we as Christians did that more often, we'd find ourselves things a whole lot easier. Real quickly in closing here, let's go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Okay, Psalm 27, verse number 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. You see, when someone comes against you, you'll be at a point where they will stumble and fall. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. Please underline seek. That I will seek after. That I may dwell. Underline dwell. Dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now I said one thing I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house all the days of my life. Now is that talking about sometime off into the future when you're in heaven? No. This is all the days of your life. It's talking about now. Amen. Amen. So it says, so what, what will I seek after? What will I seek after that I may dwell, live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life? Not a part-time thing. This is all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Amen. He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. There it is again. Please in the line. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Alright? So in the time of trouble, God will hide you in his pavilion, in his tent. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide you. He set me upon a rock. So that means that if God is hiding you, that means then, what would that imply? If you have to be hidden, what does that mean? Stop and ask yourself. 
You ever, you ever play hide and seek? What were you hiding from or for? You were hiding because the person playing the game with you was trying to find you. So that means then if God has telling you that he will hide you in a time of trouble, that means that someone is seeking you to bring you that trouble. Of course, we know this would be no one other than, than the enemy. All right? So this is another reason why spiritually you need to get into that place that when something is coming up in your life, there's a threatening situation in terms of, when I say threatening, I'm not necessarily meaning someone coming at you with a gun or a knife. I mean, there's an issue, you know. There's an issue. You just got a bad piece of news in the mail or, or a phone call or something or someone said something where now your life is all of a sudden threatened by all of these bad or un, not nice things happening. This is the time that you run into your secret place, you know, knowing that if you're seeking after God, he will put you in that tabernacle, in that secret place to protect you from whatever that is that is making your life uncomfortable right now, okay? Realizing that, according to Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? What does we wrestle against? Against principalities, okay? Against things, spirits in dark places. So the things that come into our lives, maybe it's a human being that's doing the phone call or a human being that has written you that letter that is making life so miserable for you. But behind it really is a spiritual thing, a spiritual darkness that is trying to come against you as a child of God. That's looking for you. That's trying to hunt you down. So God is saying here, when that happens, I will hide you. So as soon as that thing comes into your life, the first thing you need to do is to go into your prayer closet, go into your secret place with God. You know, if that means while you're driving, again, the beautiful things, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> okay? You're driving, but you can certainly pray. You can pray to God with your eyes open. You know, but just say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, meet me. Make that connection with him while you're driving. Amen? And then when you get home, you spend more time with him, you know? But, but what God is saying here is that when that comes against you, he says that, that, that I will hide you. Right? What does it say there? For in the time of trouble, whatever that is, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me and set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Another thing about singing praise to the Lord, you know, how many of us play Christian music when something is going wrong? You're having that down kind of spirit when you're in the house and you're just kind of feeling depressed or whatever. Put on some Christian music. Put on some upbeat Christian music. You, you, know, you, know, you know, Satan can't be around praising God. Satan cannot be around praising God. It will not be there. Evil and, and light can't be in the same place. So you got spiritual Christian music playing in your house and you're singing to him and you're praising God with your voice. You're walking throughout your, your, out your house. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. And, and whatever your spirit feels like bringing up to God, Satan is not going to be there with that. That evil that is trying to give you a hard way is not going to be there. You will feel that depression lift from you in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I often say that about babies when they're young, too. If you've got a CD player, put on some Christian music. Let it play through the night as they sleep. Amen? Amen? So surround them. Okay, therefore, uh, uh, seven. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast seen my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. 
Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. How many of us are willing to really say, teach me thy way and lead me in a plain path? Verse 12, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Here's another line there. False witnesses are risen up against me and breathe out cruelty. We've all been there before. People talk about you. Bear false witnesses. Lie on you. Whatever. Okay? Uh, or just being plain mean. Being plain mean. So he said, deliver me not over into the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen, risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Please put a bracket around 14. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen? So we see here again, but it talked about that secret place. You see? So in closing here, I just want to say that realize that this life that we call, that we live as Christians, goes a whole lot far further than just us going to church. Okay? Than just us gathering, you know, a, a couple of, uh, uh, on, on Sundays or during Bible study or any other meetings that you may have. But it goes, goes to a personal relationship with God. And until you can get to the place of understanding who God is and your relationship that God wants to have with you, going beyond, you know, the things that man can tell you or instructions can tell you, but you really, really talking to God and God reading your heart, knowing that in your heart you really want to know the deeper things of God, this is when... I won't say mind-blowing, but this is when things will open up to you that you'll just sit there and you'll say, oh, wow. You'll say, oh, wow. You read a scripture, in pas- a, a, a scripture, a passage in the Bible that you've read a dozen times, and then one day you'll read that one particular verse, and then it'll open up to you and you'll say, wow, that's what that means. That's what that means. All right? All right? All right? God will start showing you in many cases, especially when you're starting out with this, that uh, you'll hear his voice and he'll tell you to do something. Or, or not to do something, but then you'll go ahead and you'll do it, or you won't do it, depending on whatever it is, and you'll find Holy Spirit, if you're talking to God, you'll find Holy Spirit will come back to you and say, see, didn't I tell you not to do that? Or see, didn't I tell you to do that? It will come back to you with clarity. You'll remember, you say, gee whiz, I had an unction at the time. Or maybe you've heard people say, I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> You know, I knew I shouldn't have done that, you see. But then the trick is, though, that when you start hearing that and you realize that you knew that you shouldn't have done that or you knew that you should have and that you remember that you heard or you felt, remember that, remember that, because the next time around when that happens, maybe you'll obey, you see. Maybe you'll obey, all right. And when you start getting to the point that you are obeying God and going on that unction that you hear Holy Spirit, then you're meeting God in His place. Then you're meeting God in His place. All right? And you'll wind up saying and doing things, and you'll not, not always know why. All I know is that this is what I feel. All right? And you have, obviously, you've got to make sure it's in line with God's Word. God's not going to walk by this bank and you, I, feel, I felt like I should have robbed the bank and you walk in. God's not going to tell you to do something like that. Amen. Amen. We're talking about godly things here, you see. But you'll start to learn God more. But the only way you'll do that and know that is if you start having this personal time with God where you're sharing and you're talking with Him. Amen. The secret place. Let, 
as the song said, as the song of person said, take me to this place and wrap me in your arms. Well, God wants to wrap you in his arms. God wants to take you to the secret place. All you have to do is desire it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing for you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. Amen.